Welcome, everybody. I'm Lauren McKeegan, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. And I am Kelly Frankie, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist. And together, we are Purely OCD. Mm-hmm. And each week, we are meeting to talk about all things OCD, covering them one subtype at a time. We try to bring a little humor, as always, because let's be honest, sometimes we need a little humor to get us through some tough times. Amen. This week for OCD Awareness Week, we'll be doing a full episode answering your questions. If you'd like to join us in the future, we would certainly love to have you. We meet every Monday at 1230 Pacific Time on Instagram Live. And please note, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. It is for educational purposes only. Educational and maybe even entertaining. Who knows? Maybe. But without further ado, we hope you enjoy our Q&A. Hello. Hi. How are you, friend? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I uh, just uh, telling our, our friends who are joining us that we'll be doing just a general Q&A and that they can ask any questions with the nifty little uh, square question mark box to the right of the comments section so that, you know, we can, we can answer some. Yeah, if that's happy, okay. Yeah, happy OCD Awareness Week, by the way. Happy OCD Awareness Week. I'm I'm uh, pooped out already. Are you done? You're tired? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even midway through Monday. You're like, I'm out, guys. I'm done. I'm done. Nap time. Yeah, nap time. I like naps. Naps did are good. You, did you do, you didn't get your shirt because it got shipped. Yes, so I didn't yeah. get my shirt. So I'm going to do a belated OCD walk next week. I like it. You know, just there's never a wrong time to increase awareness about OCD. So I'm just going to throw on that shirt. I'm going to walk around and be like, listen, guys, OCD is a thing. And it's <laughs> listen, not about Linda. Listen, Linda, OCD is a thing and it's not about keeping things neat. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So maybe I will join you. I'll just insert myself aggressively like that. I love it when you insert yourself aggressively. Oh my gosh, by the <laughs> way. it rarely happens. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh my God, listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. It's my. What's one of my favorite things of all time. We should do that on TikTok. Listen, oh. listen, 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 listen. No? Okay. No, no, we should. I was just thinking, does the little boy say that though? Yeah. Oh, he goes, yeah, he goes, listen, 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 Linda. Linda. Linda, listen. Grandma says <laughs> I can have the cookies. Yeah, right? that's right. That's exactly right. Something Very good. Like that. I love it. So shall we dig in? We got quite a few questions. Um, I'm happy to to read some off. Should I just share them on the screen? But then it cuts off your face, right? I'm, like I'm okay with the uh, with the face cut off. That's good. Well, oh, oh no! It. I did. What did I do? Oh, oh, don't okay. break it. I'm trying not to. All right. <laughs> Intrusive thoughts. First thing in the morning are waking me up. What causes this? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, shoot. I don't know. Oh, wait, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure because I'm, I, I've been having some, some connectivity challenges. Um, so yeah, I don't know in terms of what causes that, I think being alive causes that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think anxiety, it's really common for people to experience <clears throat> intrusive thoughts in the morning that are like, Hey, ding, ding, ding. It's time to get up and think about this or in the evening. But I do, I have read that it's more common in the evening. Yeah. Or morning. Sorry, morning. Morning. And then I my nap is at night and I'm like, hmm, that's <laughs> what weird. That <laughs> Why am I not in the most common? What does it mean? Maybe it means that I'm not legit. That's yeah, what OCD maybe likes to say. OCD. Maybe it's not OCD. Um yeah, one of my favorites. <laughs> I don't know if you experienced this, but it's like you wake up and everything's pretty good. You're like, mm, okay. And then you remember what it is that you're supposed to be anxious about. And you're like, God, God 
damn it. <laughs> oh, there oh, it is. There it is there again. It, is. Um, it happens a lot, I think, in the mi- when you're in the midst of a really solid spike. Yeah, when it's like that yeah. few weeks or a few months or a few days of intense spike that you go, oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I hope it- we answered that. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of dealing or navigating with morning, navigating with navigating morning anxiety, one of the things that I like to try to do is just meditate in the morning. Uh, I'm not always good about getting it done, but I think you're pretty good, actually. Give yourself more credit. Somewhat, (laughs) somewhat. Um, I once heard that if you're into meditation, you're either meditating or you're guilty about the fact that you're not meditating. And I, I really relate to that. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just getting into the groove of, oh, right, these are thoughts and I'm going to notice these thoughts and I'm going to allow these thoughts to be there. And then I'm going to continue on about my merry day with these thoughts and these feelings in tow. And you can also add some coffee in there that should up the game a little. <laughs> Just ratchet it like right up. <laughs> hey, just get some legal speed in there, and you know you're you're gold, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay, shall we go to the next one? What do you think? I like it. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Does it help to state the facts to combat an obsession? For example, to look at its risk rate. You want to tell us? <laughs> I can start. No, no. I mean, I think if this is speaking to like probability versus like uh, probability versus why am I blanking? Possibility. Possibility. Right. Like it's possible that there's a tiger outside of my bedroom. It's highly unlikely because there's not really tigers around here in Irvine. Mm -hmm. You don't live in a a zoo. (laughs) don't live anywhere near a zoo actually that where there's tigers no no is it possible a hundred percent yeah hundred percent so I think that that's sitting in that uncertainty as long as you don't weigh too heavy in the well this is really unlikely this is really unlike this is unlike I this isn't gonna happen kind of right right where you yeah you start reassuring yourself the line I draw is that if you're using cognitive restructuring, which is essentially what we're talking about, like we're talking about looking at the facts of the situation, it's okay to do that to inform the way you behave. So if you're not clear as to whether like what's likely and what's unlikely, and you need to sort of walk through it logically once, you get it one time. And once you do that, just just the once. Maybe half. Just once. It's good. Mm. no just one just one um that once you get that one you're done and that's that that's what tells you what how it makes sense to behave right because it you know to your point about the tiger in the hallway I love that one I use it all the time is that I'm not going to act like there's a tiger in that hallway because of the low probability of it being the case, no matter how many thoughts about it I'm having and no matter how much anxiety I'm experiencing as a result of it. I mean, I'm not today, but you know, you never know. For now. For now. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I was just going to say like with this one, if I'm thinking of illness anxiety or health anxiety yep, is, um, it's like you, it's the one and done, right? Like you were alluding to is like, you could go to the doctor and get the the facts and they're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have cancer. Everything looks good. Cool. And then you don't go back and review that and then go look for more facts to compound that or to reinforce the facts even further. It's like, okay, well, here's this and here's the risk rate and I'm going to have to sit with the risk rate and then act like, sorry, I'm just repeating what you said. So let's just. No, you're doing a great, I think you're actually. Because everyone's going to hear it differently. And I think the way that you're summarizing it and, you know, switching the, yeah, no, it's right on. So I think maybe just to wrap up with this question, like to combat an obsession. No, we're not trying to talk ourselves out of being anxious. We're just, or to fight the thought. We're just going, well, wait a second. Does this thought deserve to be treated like, hold up. Hold up. I know. <laughs> okay. I know. Okay, I think Dr. we're dating Fett. ourselves now. Uh, yeah, show the your age. 
2000, 2001? Was it 2000 or 2001? I was I in high remember. school, I think. Yeah. Like near my senior year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was in college. I don't know. Anyways, keep going. It's a great album. Solid album. Dr. D. Um, and the Snoop D-A-double-G is also I'm a fan of. And introducing Eminem. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Not introducing, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Okay. Um, <laughs> where was I? So we're not going to try and combat the thoughts. We're just going, hey, wait a second. Uh, this seems kind of fishy. And do I want to let my behavior be dictated by this thought? Mm-hmm. Nailed it. You too. That, no you combating. nailed it. No oh punching. Gosh, no punching. Okay. So we got a multi-parter here. Do I just read that? What do we think? Uh, yeah, let's maybe just read that one. Yeah. And then Can maybe I... swipe that other one out. Oh, yeah. And they don't okay. think we're answering that question. Okay. Cool. Can OC- OCD be the result of a childhood trauma, a control tactic, or is it two separate um, hold on, components that a person may have, <clears throat> like a childhood trauma and an OCD diagnosis? Hmm. it's really interesting I was actually just um thinking about this a little bit out on a run and about the hyper arousal element that comes up in OCD and and trauma history of trauma I don't they're not trauma is not required for OCD Mm -hmm. to occur but when we talk about any diagnosis, we're talking about a combination of uh, environment and genetics. And so, you know, if you're if you're pre- predisposed genetically, and then you are in an environment that is traumatic, that might trigger the OCD. Right? That's always how I've looked at it, anyway. Right. And then the trauma and OCD, is it a control tactic? Well, yeah, of course, because your brain, your amygdala is literally saying fight or flight, we're about to die. So your brain's trying to find ways to control a situation mm-hmm. because it thinks it's actually happening. So there's these safety behaviors. Um, so I don't know if that really answers that part of the question, but we don't really, it's hard. No one actually knows how to concretely it's not that black and white like there's lots of research that makes sense and and backs up what Lauren's saying that says like makes sense right house in the same part there's this hyper arousal PTSD is gonna kind of come out in the same manner um and even the intervention is kind of the same in a lot of respects not totally but yeah like prolonged exposure therapy for, for PTSD versus Right. ERP. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that they can certainly inform each other. I've, I've worked with people whose obsessions are specific to a traumatic experience that they had when they were younger. And while they're, they know they're not in danger anymore, that sometimes they'll just randomly get intrusive thoughts about like, you know, what if I choke, for instance, because they had a family member who choked or something like that. Right. Like it makes sense that there's a connection sometimes mm-hmm. with obsessions but there doesn't like Warren said you don't have to have it for it to occur to exist yeah yeah and the oh what was I gonna say I think the thing about the the control quest part of the question is that that's what OCD is all about to your point I think you kind of were getting at that with with what you were saying is that it's all about the safety behaviors are all about trying to control your environment so that you're safe and so, right. Yeah. We see it yeah. in trauma. We see it in eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Alrighty then. Shall I? Shall Alrighty then. Shall. <laughs> Alrighty then. then. I, uh, true story, watched Dumb and Dumber for the first time ever this weekend. Lauren. I know. We need to have a real intervention here with the movie because uh, <laughs> it's kind of That's a big a deal for tonight. I know. Same, same. Pet heads are popping off. 
<laughs> that was so good. That was really, well, I mean, it was bad, but good. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Tips and ideas for increasing willingness with ambivalence regarding OCD treatment. Watch Dumb and Dumber. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> not an intervention. That was a joke. Yeah, could yeah. be. Depending. Could be. So increasing willingness. You want to you wanna take this mm. one? Yeah. So that's usually the case when people come into treatment is they're there's going to be people who are more ambivalent, of course. So you're going to have to build more buy-in. But um, I think it's just something that I found to be really helpful is to go through and write out the pros and cons, right? Like mm-hmm. to say, why am I, why is it that today, this morning, I'm going to wake up, I'm already feeling anxious and I don't want to do all this exposure work, but why am I doing it? Why am I going to be willing to feel all this discomfort despite feeling really uncomfortable right now? Like, what's the pro in that? Well, I'm going to go through values. Like I'm going to live, I'm going to have more time on my hand and kind of moving in that direction. Sometimes I've had clients write letters to themselves, which I stole from um, John Hirschfield and Shala's book. Um, on every day mindfulness a little bit mm-hmm. I think that's what it called what's called what it they called have, <clears throat> that's what it called um that's mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. and they have a contract I think or I think it's a contract where it's like you they ask you to wake up every morning and read it and saying today I'm going to commit to this and this is why mm-hmm. I'm going to do that yeah. and I found that to be helpful there's lots of other tactics but you do you want to yeah well I I love what you said and I think in addition to reflecting on your values and your why, one of the things I think is really important is to recognize the amount of suffering that you're already in. Because mm-hmm. I think that sometimes because you're familiar with it, you get it, it gets lost, right? The fact that you're already struggling so much. And actually a colleague of ours was the first to introduce me to this particular phrase, Laura Yoakum. She said, if you're going to suffer, you might as well suffer with purpose. You might as well suffer toward something, which is again, your sort of talk of on, on values mm-hmm. um, is like suffer toward your values instead of suffering toward nothing, uh, toward more anxiety, um, more right, of the same. False control. Yeah. And also so self-compassion. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. Self-compassion. No, no, please. I didn't. I thought you were done oh I no I think I was I probably okay it's gone all right okay all good well I was just gonna say self-compassion is I think a lot of people have these high standards of like oh I should be here but I'm here and that's Mm -hmm. known as like the happiness trap right that's the gap it's the difference of here I am and here's where I want to be and I'm not will I'm not as willing as I'd like to be okay that's okay right like you you meet yourself where you are are in that moment on your willingness scale and Mm -hmm. being you're going to move in and out of ambivalence so that's okay too right Mm -hmm. just remind yourself you deserve recovery you do totally and it's going to be painful but suffer with purpose right yeah I was going to say something because I really liked what you said but then I, I lost it this is where I'm at today I did want to acknowledge though that in the comments I saw Two questions, one about postpartum, one about ROCD. Uh, We do have an ROCD talk already recorded. And then, but we can answer questions specific to ROCD if you want to throw them in the comment box. The question, whatever, is that the comment box? Yeah. I'm just throwing in a box, you know. Yeah. Get that box. (laughs) Box. There's the box. Um, um, yeah, so, uh, I, I think there was a big chunk of something, but if you guys have questions, please feel free to add it to the little question mark to the right of the comments. Cause that way we won't spend a bunch of time trying to scroll. scroll. This is the yeah. international <laughs> scrolling symbol. Of yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Shall I mm-hmm. bring another one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one. 
what are some common exposures done with POCD and HOCD? Also, OCD regarding life after death. Mm. So with POCD, I'll start with that one, I guess. Just yeah, let's just, just dig in. Go right for um, the jugular. Right for the jugular. So a lot of the exposure, the, the great news about uh, POCD, well, I, I don't know that there's great news, um, but there are lots of exposure opportunities within it. And one of the things that I like to start with is just words, because yeah, that can words. be really triggering for people with POCD. Um, so can I say the words? I'm, I'm all like, are we going to get kicked? No, off? I think I think we're OK. I think okay. we're in the clear. Uh, so pedophile, is, uh, pedophile uh, would be one of the words, um, molester child sexual abuse, like all of these types of words can be really triggering. So writing them over and over again, and then noticing when the thought pops in, oh, what if I am one and saying, I'm not gonna figure that out right now, um, which is the response prevents prevention. Um, and then we sort of walk our, our way up or you can have uh, like post-its around, which can be hard with themes like POCD, but if you have, you know, people around you or you're living alone or, you know, it's, that can be a way of doing it. You can also, um, photos in your, there's a hide album mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. your photos. And mm -hmm. I can, I've found that with my clients with pedophilia themed OCD is that they will find it even more triggering to have it hidden, like a hidden album for mm -hmm. exposures because it's more of that insidious secret right kind of exposure but um even just like googling like images like yep. just like kids google yep. kids Pre google kids uh, pictures of uh, kids bathing suits right that's a that's a triggering one for people yeah. um and uh there are lots of movies i actually there's a new a one i just was introduced to called the woodsman have you seen that one um this isn't the snow white one is it no that's the hunt that's the yeah it's with kevin bacon because you know is this I love kevin bacon. Kevin bacon. what so what is it he's like i can't remember but it's a movie about a former pedophile i think who's like hunting a current pedophile um yeah i feel like that would be yeah I don't want to watch that. <laughs> also, keep uh, in mind, too, there can be trauma involved with some of this stuff. Right. And that's important to keep in mind and, and just being open with any treatment provider you might have. I think, oh, in terms of the sticky notes, I'm just saying writing words on sticky notes or even letters mm -hmm. that are going to remind you of words. We just want you to be like confronted regularly with the thought of, oh, what if I'm a pedophile, basically. Um there was another movie. Doubt is a great one. Um, Spotlight. And then there's tons of movies out there about all of the scandals. And oftentimes I find that the Michael Jackson documentary is at the top of people's hierarchies. Mm -hmm. um, sexual orientation OCD. I think, well, should we guide people to the yeah, let's talk say, you did on that? Yeah, because we did a whole gaggle of ideas mm -hmm. for exposures, but they're very similar. I mean, a lot of imaginal exposures too so yeah and then what was the last part it got cut off and also OCD regarding life after death so so existential I I'm getting yeah that would be my guess I think again the idea is just to bring up the thought on purpose so anything that you can do to trigger yourself and so that you can practice being in the presence of the thought without answering or without trying to re resolve it, essentially. So, I don't know, watching watching movies is always a good one. So something about like what happens after death, um, for example. I, I don't know. What else? Yeah, I was thinking about I think there's, I think it's Ryan Reynolds movie. It's a, it's kind of a stupid movie, but I love Jeff Bridges. Mm -hmm. So I love Jeff Bridges too. Um, so he did a movie kind of recently with Ryan Reynolds and they did, I think it's kind of like a, 
the way the best way I can describe it is like men in black meets existentially stuff. But basically Ryan Reynolds is a cop. Kevin Bacon's in it, by the way. Of course. Kevin I Bacon. think. Yeah, he's in like such random stuff. But so I think he dies young, right? He dies at his yeah. age. And for me, I was like, oof. At any second, you could just boom, it's over. What are you doing with your life? And then I think what it is is it's basically him reflecting on that a lot and um, the fact that he made poor choices. And I thought it was a pretty good trigger of a movie. I don't remember the name though. Sorry, guys. So look up up IMDb Ryan Reynolds and or Jeff Bridges or Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also doing imaginal exposures, writing out a script about whatever fear you have about life after death. I don't know if your fear is that you just don't know, or you know, your fear is that it's gonna you're going to hell, or your fear is that it's gonna. My mine as a kid was that it was gonna last forever, and that eternity is a really long time, and you know, that seems scary. That, that what that what would last forever? Oh, the afterlife. <laughs> just the idea of eternity really freaked me out I was like I don't know about that I like what if I get bored I'm for sure gonna get bored even if there's all the things that I want That's... oh you wanted finality wow yeah I wasn't I wasn't comfortable with it yeah <laughs> I was I, I was I was not comfortable with the open-endedness of it all I can laugh about it now I was terrified when no, I was seven I but yeah yeah no that's that's um yeah that's heavy stuff for a seven-year-old yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you think too much. <laughs> but yep. my point being that like, if it were, if I were to go to seven-year-old Lauren, I might have her do a, a script and say, Hey, um, uh, after I die, I'm going to be stuck in eternity forever. And I'm going to feel uncomfortable because I've done everything and I've said everything and it's just going to last on and on and on and right, you know, and then learn Absolutely. to tolerate the the feelings that come up around that, the discomfort. And it just proves the point that, you know, my experience with existential stuff versus Lauren's is very different. Right. And so it's so it's, it's very hard for us to put exposures in a box mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a custom job. So it is a custom job. And it's just as, it's as varied as the brains that create them, right. all of this, you know, yeah, good times. All right, let's see. Next question. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. Is there any way someone can mess up ERP besides not doing it? Hmm. I have thoughts, do you have thoughts? Yeah, I think that there's ways that you can. I -hmm. think that you can flood yourself and then never want to go back again and do it. I think Mm -hmm. there's ways where you bring on an exposure and then you compulse after. That's undoing the whole, all the work. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can resist compulsions, you're doing a pretty good job, though. Totally. I would also say doing it to get rid of your anxiety so Mm -hmm. doing it with the the sort of intention of of eradicating anxiety is probably like the wrong way to do exposure work because then it's just compulsive yep yeah anything else no i think um yeah hey you nailed it yeah i think just try not to do compulsions after the exposure that's really important i think people miss that a lot Especially it's so mental compulsion. Yeah. Totally. Because exposure without response prevention is just what you were doing before treatment. Right. You just, yeah. It's just mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just cruel. It's just torture. Yeah. Don't be mean to yourself. Don't do that. Uh, all right. I'm just looking. Uh. I don't know if somebody said tips for false memories. If you're here, if you can elaborate on that, because yeah, I don't know. That's a pretty broad one. Um, This one's a good one. What if someone's fear is the fear of developing other themes? How do you do ERP? Oh, I think you still, I think you skipped it. 
No, no. You can't see it. It's up on mine. It says, does it help to state the facts? It's an old one for me. Okay, well, that's okay. Maybe Come you on. say it out loud. Can you guys see your... it? Just let us know in the comment box if you would. What if someone's fear is the fear of developing other themes? How do you do ERP? Join a group. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Join a group indeed. That is yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, and this one comes up one. all the time. Yes. Okay. It does. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So they see the right okay. one. Okay. I don't because I'm special. No, I don't think you're special. I think the interwebs are special. Yeah. I think you're, well, I think you're special, but in a good Thank way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so in terms of different exposure ideas though. Reading about different subtypes would be probably a good one. You'd be afraid. Anything that makes you afraid that you're doing something that's gonna give you a new theme. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that this is about uncertainty, content's irrelevant. So it is possible it could jump, right? And that's a scary thought. But if we spend all our time trying to control what obsession we're about to have, you know what's going to happen, guys. We know the story. Spoiler alert. It's the not more you well. want it to not happen. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's why joining a group, reading maybe about other people's, it's kind of like a double down. Well, you and have what to do you could do. Exposures. For sure, although it is helpful. And I think one way I know for for me that like that my values are you know, compassion and service. And so if I had this particular theme, one thing that I might do is to, and, and if I had some knowledge about my own OCD treatment, I don't know, you know, if the person who would want to do that um, has that, but if, if you did that, you could just go and be a part of a message board. And so, and help people, like try to offer support and guidance for people who maybe don't know about ERP. Mm. yeah erp oh yeah and, that's what it was yeah erp mm. and then yeah so but obviously through that you're going to be exposing yourself to all sorts of themes but hopefully that you know if that were something that was that you cared about or was important to you i think it can bring a tremendous amount of meaning to exposure work which is always the best given back yeah. Well, and I was just going to say too, with POCD, one thing that I forgot to mention is spending time with kids in your life who you care about or having kids, right, can be an exposure. Like so many people I've worked with with POCD are like, I want to have kids, but I'm scared to have kids because they're a trigger. And moving forward with those things, like these are, if that's part of, of your values and your goals is kind of the best exposure there is. Yeah. Well said. Nailed Thank it. You. Thanks. Are we, are we getting tired of me giving myself high fives? No, never, <laughs> never, 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 never. Um, and just a reminder, if you want to ask questions, can you use the question mark box? That would be fabulous. Um, okay. Can you see this one, Cal? Yes. I do wonder how one sits with extreme discomfort. Like how can you sit with horrible thoughts? So well asked. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's it is noticing that it feels horrible, noticing that it feels uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And dropping into it anyways. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're accepting that those things are true. It's that you're accepting the discomfort of it mm -hmm. and that you're willing to experiencing, to experiencing distress. Because if you're not willing to experience distress, then once again, it comes back to bite you in, in the butt. Yeah. Hard. Hard. Ouch. Hard butt bite. <laughs> the good old HBB. I hate those, <laughs> man. Uh -huh. uh, Monday. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I liked it. I like the hard butt bite. I'm going to use that. Um, and I think one thing to keep in mind as well, that opening up and allowing for the presence of thoughts uh, is I think what you mean by sitting with them when, but once you are aware of the thoughts, 
you want to do your best to drop into the feeling, like the felt sensation in your body and to get out of any sort of narrative around that, that feeling. Because every time that you go back and you review the things, like the thoughts about it, you're just building upon the anxiety. So when we talk about sitting with extreme discomfort, one of the things we want to do too is approach it with mindfulness. And so instead of saying, this is bad, I hate this, to just be like, okay, well, what is it that I'm feeling right now? And how can I expand in the in this experience? How can I open toward this experience? And I think we can, because I think we can get caught up in like, oh, but I'm having these horrible thoughts. And then that narrative actually makes it worse. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, I actually didn't even read the thoughts part because my brain can't process out loud reading it and then saying, because, you know, I get it because I'm totally. a shit show is why you are not. Um, by the way, to the, the question, the question mark box is to the right of the comment box at the bottom of the screen, because I just saw somebody ask about that. Um, However, if you are technically challenged like myself or if IG has glitched, let us know. Yes. As well. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be okay. Shall we? Yes, we shall. Okay. I don't know why I'm having trouble. There. Okay. Is having a song stuck in your head, not necessarily the same song constantly, a symptom of OCD? This is known as a benign obsession, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Even, I hate using that word because it kind of makes it seem like it's not important but right but did it I mean, it's neutral anyway right you're not it's not like the content of the thoughts is upsetting as it is with so many different content areas of OCD where right. the, just the the words that are passing through your head are, are really outrageous and, and bothersome right which is why they name it that but just to clarify so you don't feel like we're saying like oh it's benign um right. that's right. why because it's Cause not it benign if you're like, ah. <laughs> now, is it a symptom of OCD? I don't know if that's the right word I would use for it. I would say people who have um, songs stuck in their head and they become so obsessed with it and it becomes extremely distressing and they're trying all that they can to try to remove it or get rid of it or even like replace that song with a new song or then yes, that's would actually be likely OCD. For sure. And uh, a great uh, mind within the field who happens to be on the other side of this Instagram call uh, recently posted about just this with the whole OCD is not an adjective that it, it, it stands for obsessive and not that I think that this person is saying that it is, but it stands for obsessive compulsive disorder. And the disorder part, right, as you described so well in your post is that it causes distress and impairment in your functioning, in your life, et cetera. So one could constantly have song. I actually constantly have songs in, stuck in my head, but um, I just sing them out loud when it happens. <laughs> right, like they don't bother you. <laughs> they don't you know, bother like... me. Yeah, so that wouldn't be necessarily a symptom of OCD. But if it bothered you and you were like, ah, get it away. That's... Yes, yes. Yeah. Good clarification on that one. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this follow-up. So regarding sitting with horrible feelings, thoughts, do you mean that I should stop narrating? Well, we can't speak to you specifically. Remember not therapy education purposes only, but what I will say is that what the, the general idea I was talking about was to disengage from the narration, the whatever the words are, and just be with the feeling in the present moment. Right. I wonder if at some point, once we go through all the themes, it would be helpful to do certain exercises, like an expansion exercise or with ACT stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because you know, yeah. we could address it more in detail. Yeah. Go through it. I like that idea. It's a solid idea. Let us see. So, let's see. Oh, this is this is a good one. 
What if planned exposures don't scare you, but your thoughts scare you? Is that considered exposure? Yeah, this I hate this one when this happens. I know it's so it's annoying. Frustrating. Yeah. I mean for the person and No, I yeah, think, absolutely. I think we actually just talked about this last week with like active versus passive exposure work. Mm-hmm in the context of religious scrupulosity. And sometimes you have to use what opportunities present themselves insofar as exposure is concerned and, and do the response prevention in real time. So almost be on the lookout, like, oh, where am I gonna get my next exposure opportunity? Which is a good, I think a good viewpoint to have anyway. But to be on the lookout and then it's like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is the exposure opportunity. This is where I need to tolerate uncertainty and anxiety. And, yep. uh, and to dig in there is, is a good stand in when sort of artificial means don't trigger anxiety. Yeah, it, it's in vivo exposure. So right, like in real time, you're experiencing the trigger. And the question cuts off a little. Is, it, is that considered... Exposure. exposure yes it is mm-hmm. it is it's actually the best exposure it's high octane naturally occurring yeah. exposure yeah i think yeah <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah and it's, it's actually kind of common wouldn't you say like where there's not common per se but i've seen it a lot it's not like mind-blowing when it happens to me with clients no I agree. I think it is common. And I think that to your point, it's the hardest exposure to deal with is the one Mm -hmm. as it happens naturally, because when they're, when it's artificially driven, you know, right. You, uh, uh, this is the, why this sometimes doesn't work is that, you know, that you're being prodded toward the experience when it happens in just in everyday life, right. Somebody was talking about ROCD. You're, in the middle of your day and you just see your partner do something and then you're like, oh my gosh, what if this is the wrong relationship? That's way more difficult than reading a script about, potentially anyway, it can be far more difficult. So, um, so yeah, the goods. Yeah. Again, custom job, custom job. Custom job. Let's see. Hearing about a theme you don't have Oh, I don't think that that's, I think that was part of another question somehow. It sounds like it's one uh, we're worrying about jumping, is it jumping? So I think yeah. you answered it anyways. I think so. Uh, do you have any suggestions on how to deal with intrusive thoughts while working? Oh, we have lots of suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> so many. So many. It's, it's endless. Yeah. Um, I assume that what this person is alluding to is the fact that when you're working, you're trying to work and it's not like the most ideal time to sit down and be like, oh, let me go look at pictures of kids in swimsuits, right? Like it's not the most, like you just can't just drop into it and lean in all the way. Right. But you can lean in in the way that we were just talking about. Yes. Which is my... Yeah, this that's where we would suggest something like that, right? Is just accepting it as what it is in that moment and saying, yes, thank you so much for your input. <sighs> that meant a lot. And I'm going to just keep typing here, whatever your job is, right? Mm-hmm. Noticing, come back, notice, come back. And also to validate that you asshole OCD. I'm trying to just be productive and do my job. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. It's not, you're not going to win that battle, but it's okay sometimes to be, you know, like, of course that happened just now. Thank you. Like, are you serious, Clark? Are you serious? Really? Are you really there? Thanks. But yeah, I, I agree. And I think sometimes people will say, well, I don't have time to just feel the feeling. Well, you also probably don't have time to be, you know, mentally compulsing or compulsing in general, if, you know, depending on, on your compulsion of choice, but you find time for that. And I think that 
finding the breakthrough. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> aggressive. No, it's true. It's aggressive. true. It was just messing yeah. with you. Yeah. But I think also, um, oh no, I lost it. Sorry. I hate it when the house. No, 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 no. It's just my brain. It's like, there's, there's potholes in there, man. <laughs> you black need to holes. come home they as just... well. Come home. <laughs> Tomorrow, man. Um, what, oh wait, what were we just talking about? Where, we, where are we? Well, what's my name? Um, well, you do don't you... have time to, you have time to naturally to do mental compulsion. I know what I was going to say is that I actually recently posted about this too. The idea that sitting with a feeling is not really about like sitting with it. It's about living with it. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't actually take a whole lot of time or energy to tolerate or sit with feelings and thoughts. It actually takes way more energy to shift gears in order to address and try to resolve your concern through compulsions. However, I've never had a nine to five job, but if you're in a board meeting and you're like presenting a huge and you have an intrusive thought that's like, so remember last night when you <laughs> weren't getting aroused appropriately with your partner? Oh, remember that? I remember. Oh yeah. What does that yeah, mean? And it's like, well, I'm just trying to show like, like a PL here, you know, like a profit <laughs> and loss spreadsheet. So um, thank you. So thanks. You might be in the middle of talking, like intrusive thoughts don't really give a shit about what you're doing or who you're with or how important the situation is. But to make note, and then we're gonna come back. Yeah. Exactly. And then bring it back in. Bring, bring it back. In. What is magical thinking? Ooh. Magical thinking is a cognitive distortion. So what we mean by that is saying it's an unhelpful thinking pattern. However, all of us engage in it, engage with it at some point, which is yeah. not a, there's a list of common distorted thinking patterns. Um, and but, lots of people in general life engage in, in magical thinking in some way, shape or form, right? You say something and then you say, oh, knock on wood, right? Because you mm -hmm. don't want for the the opposite to happen or whatever the thing is right. or you I used to do the kissing the the roof, roof the when you go through a yellow light that kind of thing um mm -hmm. hold your breath through the graveyard yeah have you ever yeah. done that one I do hold your get the breath through the tunnel through the tunnel that's yeah yeah that yeah. could be a long tunnel if you're on the east coast yeah watch out watch out might pass um, out. So anyways, sorry, magical yeah. thinking. Common magical in OCD. Thinking. Yes. So it becomes a problem when you're really fused with the thoughts, right? when you believe very strongly in the reality of the thoughts, but not so much so that we would say that you're having delusions. So you have enough right. awareness to recognize that the thought is off, but it feels very compelling. Right. And because I'm taking a huge exam coming up for myself, mm -hmm. I was actually looking through the DSM and through OCD criteria. And they were talking about, which I already knew, but it was good to have a little confirmation is that oftentimes children with OCD experience far more magical thinking. Not that adults don't, because believe me, believe me, believe me, they definitely do. They do. Um, but it's, you know, like, what if I had this thought about my mom dying? It's going to happen. That's right. an example. Yeah, which is where, as we were talking about last week, the secret can become problematic because of the law of attraction and the idea that your thoughts are somehow going to magically manifest, which one thing that we can all do as an experiment right now to test magical thinking, not that I'm suggesting we do this all the time, but to acknowledge that there's something faulty in this idea is, and maybe we can do it too. Well, I will definitely do it. Exactly. I want everyone to think about their favorite vacation spot and just imagine being there right now. Okay. I don't know where, I think I'm going to imagine Hawaii because that sounds nice right now. Okay. I'm going to imagine a forest. Oh, forest. 
with fairies. And is it a magical forest? Oh my God, it is a magical forest. It totally is. Oh my God, yeah. I love that. With waterfalls and, okay, sorry, I'm ruining everyone else's experience. No, you're not. Okay, let's take a moment. Really try and get there. Okay. I'm, I'm still here, man. Are you, yeah, are you in happen. the forest? You're not in the forest no. with the fairies. You seem to be mm-hmm. there as well. So, right, we know that just because we think it doesn't mean it's going to happen. And sure, with intentionality, we can work toward things happening and cultivate things happening purposefully. Like I could work very hard and book a ticket and I could go to Hawaii. I don't know about the magical forest. I'm sorry to say, I really want for the magical well, forest to happen, but. Magic is subjective, I think. Cause for me, it would be magical without even the fairies and unicorns and all that. But I totally agree with that. Redwood yeah. National Park is oh, yeah. up there for me. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Thoughts. Hopefully uh, that. Okay, I'm going to throw out this one because postpartum, you got the postpartum lady right here, there, Mm. and then not here. I hate when I get called out as an expert. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. No, I just mean that you love it. You know, you No, I do. I love it. I think this is a really good question, actually, and I don't think we have the answer to it, unfortunately. There's, there's only, we're at the very beginning and forefront of research on postpartum and hormones and how they impact um, OCD and drops in, um, why can't I think of it? Uh, oh, drops estrogen. in estrogen. Oxytocin. Okay, yep. Drops in estrogen can impact OCD, which is why there's like two drops for females during their cycle. And that's when you'll see spikes higher. I mean, it's so early on, but um, there's definitely a lot of cases where there's an acute onset of it, right? Like where people weren't maybe hitting full criteria for OCD and they have this onset of postpartum or perinatal OCD. Um, Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think one of the things with postpartum that's tough in my understanding of it is and being not having had my own child is that motherhood kind it, there's a lot of elements of postpartum that are nascent to becoming a mom and the tendency to become hyper sensitive and hyper focused and so I, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if, if you would agree with that. No, I do. I think from my experience and uh, experiences I've seen with clients, which isn't everybody, right? It's actually quite a small subset because I'm one person, um, but it jumps. Yeah. Which I hate to say, but it's then that's not true for everyone. But oftentimes what happens is you'll do exposures around it. And then OCD goes, okay, well, we're not worried about this particular obsession anymore about the kids. You know, now we're more worried about um, generalized anxiety stuff about them, right? Like, is this the last time I'm going to see them? I'm worried that they're not going to, I think it's just that underlying of just general anxiety. Totally. I think that the, the propensity toward anxiety maybe mixed with the experience of, of having mm-hmm. an, a newborn and, and a person that you're wholly responsible for, for at least a time, that that's, that's a big thing to take on. And it does feel scary. I mean, I've talked to people without OCD that are like, oh my gosh, I, um, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop staring at my newborn when I had a newborn because I was like, right. oh my gosh, what if they stopped breathing, right? And, and that's yeah. something that we might see uh, taking over or having a heavier impact within the realm of, of postpartum OCD, but it's not uncommon either for, for people without OCD to have that experience. So, um, so I think um, the answer from my end is we'll know it's, oh, is everything okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, it just, it blacked out for a second. Oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. I was just, just going to say that with postpartum OCD, I, I think that 
just like with any other form of OCD, you're going to have anxieties for a lifetime. So um, the extremity of the anxiety might shift and the topic of the anxiety might shift as Kelly was saying. Yeah, I actually just read some research too really quickly on postpartum stuff because it's usually postpartum OCD isn't just standalone. There's usually postpartum Mm -hmm. depression of some level, postpartum anxiety. um, And this was a more of a research that was based on postpartum mental health in general. And they were talking about like after your first year and a half, your hormones begin to stabilize more. And they've noticed um, where men in this, in the postpartum period, they can recover like within three or four months. And then women, because they, they think hormone related that it's like, it takes about a year and a half. And that was overall mental health. So that was taking into account postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCE. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that helps, but. I think that's great information to have there. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Yeah, yeah. No, wrong button, wrong button line. Um, When will you ever be able to enjoy life and not just endure it then? Because sitting with discomfort sucks. I have feelings about that. I have, feelings. I have thoughts. I have about lots this. of feels about it. Go ahead. You start. You lead, so, girlfriend. I think that part of the trouble is when we're not willing to feel the feelings, then they become more of a problem. I don't. I don't think that discomfort has to suck as much as it does when we're resisting it. And that may sound strange, but I think if you can approach discomfort with sort of a curiosity, hmm, what's this experience about? That uh, it doesn't have to be quite so challenging to, to be with it. I also think that you can be part of living with OCD is about learning how to cultivate different experiences to coincide with the experience of discomfort. So you can feel happy and anxious at the same time. You can feel elated and sad at the same time. And they don't have to be mutually exclusive, but as long as we have this very OCD flavor to our our experience of feelings, if I have to have like a pure feeling, I can't have a messy feeling, I have to have just joy, and that's the only thing that counts as joy, then you're going to have a very limited experience of joy. Yep. Boy, you nailed it on the head, lady. That's it. Um, And, you know, forgive us if a lot of the stuff we say we repeat, but that's part of how therapy works, is that you repeat a lot of the stuff and then finally it kind of sinks in, but pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. And that's probably something we've said in the past, something we've read at some point is like, okay, it's here. Let's acknowledge the truth of it. But now getting upset that it's here is going to cause you suffering. The pain is here. So let's embrace it for being here. Doesn't mean you have to like the embracing part, but it's here. And let's try as best we can to not push it away by engaging in value-based activities and pushing ourselves through those feelings like Lauren was saying is like let's do the value stuff right like because we can have both we can feel anxious or nauseous like for me this weekend I felt really nauseous because I was having panic attacks I was really anxious and I was like but I gotta do so I have to do something right and so I can feel joy with my daughter doing arts and crafts with her and I can feel nauseous and anxious yeah so Wow, you killed it. Did I? Yeah, you, you, too. T- you, t- you totally killed it. Hopefully everyone well, else t- thinks so. <laughs> on two fronts, you killed it because one, you killed the description of it and two, you killed the lived experience of it. You nice. went out and you freaking did it. You were like, thank you. I'm going to feel anxious and I'm going to be an awesome mom and have fun with my daughter. I'm going to try my best. Try my darndest. Um, I realized that we were 56 seconds from being... Oh. Okay. So thank you so much for joining us, guys. And I'm sorry for those of you whose questions we didn't get to. 
we do this on the weekly. So we do uh, theme by theme. If you had questions about specific themes, you might go back and look through the episodes that we've already done um, and consider watching one of those if, if you're looking for specifics on one of those. Any other thoughts, any last thoughts? Um, just it's OCD Awareness Week. And I know the IOCDF has lots of cool activities this week. And yeah. It's a good opportunity to really break stigma and either if you feel you know strong enough to talk about it great there's no force but also reading about it and can be an empowering process thanks for joining us just as a reminder this podcast is not therapy nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy if you need further support we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in ocd and if you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. Remember, this podcast is for you. So please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.